calling all grannies in the greater triangle area. Your favorite Hooper is back on the hard court Wednesday night. You are locked on Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Wolfpack Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Wolfpack, free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's right, $150 back if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started. Happy Wednesday, happy basketball return day. As always, I'm Grayson Boone, joined by former Wolfpack defensive tackle Kenton Gibbs. We do have our first public look at the men's basketball team coming up this evening, Wednesday night, 7 p.m., an exhibition at PNC Arena. The NC State Wolfpack will take on Mount Olive. Now, we're going to be talking about some expectations getting into the exhibition itself and then further on down the season. Of course, we can't get too far into them because A, it is just an exhibition, and B, it's against Mount Olive. Now, unless, of course, we follow in Louisville's direction and we lose in embarrassing fashion to a Division II school, certainly don't hope to be doing any of that. These are more so general base points that were things that we're looking forward to seeing out of some of these new guys and some things that we want to see beginning on Wednesday evening. Yeah, I mean, hey. At the end of the day, everybody ain't able to leave out of their exhibition undefeated on the season, you know. But you would uh, think at least. But but luckily, those games don't actually count towards a record. Uh, with that being said, you know I'm expecting some clean execution. I'm expecting these guys to play really hard. At the end of the day, this is your first time playing against somebody that's wearing a different jersey in front of the world, right? Like the lights are going to be shining on you, and and you know you could say well you played against another team in Georgia during the secret scrimmage, but like. Mm, you know, like nobody was there, doesn't really, you know, I mean, more power to you for keeping score or whatever, but it's it's just not the same. We we talk all the time about uh, players showing up and, and not letting the lights get too bright, and this is one of those moments. This will be the first moment in which we see how this team reacts to the lights and all that, and, and this is a team that many people are seeing as a wild card. Some people believe in this team a lot. Some people believe in this team a little. Some people think that they need more time to jail. Some people think, hey, it's the new world of college basketball, and Keats did a darn good thing in the portal in terms of uh, capturing this new world of basketball. So I, I think that this is a pretty interesting uh, situation here. I think that this is a, a spot where, you know, honestly, the, the biggest things I'm looking for front court and back court wise are effort, but obviously we'll get into the details of what we're expecting from certain players going forward. here. Yeah, you know, it is just an exhibition, but there are some takeaways that you can find in games like these. I I do remember going to the exhibition last year because I was so anxious to know what sort of basketball team we would have after what was one of our, I guess it was the worst basketball season we'd ever had before. And some of the things I still remember that jumped off the court that night were uh, Dusan Mahorchic had a extremely high motor. I believe I texted my friends that this Jarkel Joyner guy, he's got some dog in him. 
I said Casey Morsell looks a lot better. It looks a lot smoother this year. All three of those things were true throughout the rest of the season. So, sure, it's just an exhibition game, but you can tell things that will be consistent throughout the rest of this season. So, without further ado, we'll get into the front court. We'll touch on the back court in just a little bit. But, Kenton, what are the main expectations you're looking for out of the front court, both on Wednesday evening and then starting the season next week? Well, who's healthy in the front court is the first question. I mean, I, I saw a few of those guys out at the uh, tailgate Saturday, and, and, you know, I thought that DJ Burns was the only one that was walking around in the boot. And I'm not going to name any names because that's obviously for Coach Geese to put in the injury report. But, boy, I tell you, I'm looking around saying, all right, we need some tall guys who can get it done. But more, more importantly, the ability to close out possessions with big rebounds, uh, that's something that I need to see out of our front court. That was something that we struggled with last year at times. Um, that was something that against Clemson hurt us majorly um, in one of those games, if if I'm recalling correctly. And I'm also looking for the ability of the other guys to step up. Like, I, I think that we know what our leaders are. I think we know what our seniors are, regardless of whether or not DJ plays. We know who he is. I don't think that there's too much of a surprise. I don't think there'll be too much that we see from him that's like, what? Could have never guessed that. But with that being said, you know, you want to see other folks show up. You want to see other folks uh, kind of come through and, and make things happen. Muhammad Diara coming through and seeing what he looks like and uh, um, getting getting things done in that range. You want to see what Ben Middlebrooks looks like and how how he kind of is playing in and factoring into this thing. So, you know, I, I want to see, honestly, what players' roles are because I want to see who is, how we kind of handle this thing in terms of, we talked about lots of shots being available. Who's going to take those shots? And also, how do we protect the rim? Because for all the things that DJ Burns is, I would say that he's not an elite rim protector. So do we have that in DR? Or do we, is Middlebrooks uh, potentially stepping into that? Which I'm not, I wouldn't expect Middlebrooks to step into, but it's possible. So to see what's going on there uh, as well. But DJ Burns, we know he has slimmed down a little bit. I guess, you know, a week, week and a half or so. He was in a boot. I believe that is now off. Looking forward to seeing DJ tonight. But in terms of Ben Middlebrooks, I'm very interested to see how physical he can be in this front court. And coming from Clemson, of course, unfortunately, he had some of his best games last year against NC State. He had a couple keyboards on the offensive glass, some back-breaking putbacks. I want to see this now on our side of the court. I want to see if he can break a team's will with some key offensive boards and big spots of a game or, you know, being assertive under the hoop. We've heard a lot about he has big, strong physical hands. And once he receives that entry pass, it's it's either going in or it's not going anywhere. He's uh, got a uh, baseball. He's got catcher mitts for hands. Yeah, it, he's essentially he's got big old catcher mitts on uh, attached to both forearms. He's got there. So I want to see the physicality from Middlebrooks. I want to see him also have a high motor. I mentioned Mohorchic last year immediately impressed me with his his ability to get up and down the floor. If Middlebrooks can provide that sort of effort, then that goes a long way. And I think the way that Keats runs a transition offense and even some transition defense, it relies a lot on big guys being able to move in that manner. And so Middlebrooks can find himself a lot of minutes if he's able to be very physical in that position. And then talking about Mo Diara here, of course, there has been a lot of buzz coming out of their preseason. There's been a lot of chatter about Modiara being potentially misutilized at Mizzou. Potentially, he fits a lot more smoother into Keats's type system in that he can shoot a little bit. It's not exactly the main feature of his game, but he has it. 
and he's very smooth around around the paint. And I believe it just a couple times I've likened him to like a DJ Funderburk. I think yeah. Mo Diara's ceiling can be even higher than that. If if Diara can also develop a defensive presence down there and he can be a rim protector, you could see Mo Diara be a little bit of an X factor for this team this year. And then kind of rounding out my backcourt thought, Dennis Parker Jr. He is the only freshman. We've talked about him just a couple weeks ago. He seems to be ahead of schedule talent-wise. He can be very dynamic, very smooth with the basketball. He can shoot it a little bit. Yeah. Really looking forward to the amount of different looks that we can give a team with the depth we have in this front court. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. You know what I mean? Uh, the Lions just traded for Donovan Peoples-Jones, former technician, former uh, Michigan Wolverines. So I'm excited about that DPJ, but I'm also excited about Dennis Parker Jr., the DPJ that we got here at uh, at NC State. Because, again, by all accounts, if he can stretch the floor like everybody says he does or like everybody says he can, if he has that type of pace and control to his game, we talk a lot about a lot of shots available. Could he be a guy to kind of absorb a good amount of those and knock down a good amount of those? Who knows? Let's see it. And certainly can't forget my guy, Ernest Ross. I'm very excited to see if he can continue that role that he carved out for himself last year. You know, coming off the bench. Big energy guy. Big, big energy, energy guy. guy. Yeah. He can give you 10 to 12 points when you least expect it. I will always remember that Miami game at home last year that quickly became the Ernest Ross game. And yeah. so when you have a... When you have lightning in a bottle and a guy like Ernest Ross coming off that bench, it's just so many depth pieces to be excited about and see how they all function together in Keats's style of play. In just a moment here, we're going to switch sides, talk about the backcourt for Kevin Keats and the Wolfpack after a quick word from our sponsor. Our first sponsor of the day is FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get up to $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's right, 150 bucks back. That's right, 150 bucks back if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The Panthers are off the schneid. They won their first game of the season. Will that continue? You can put your money where your mouth is on FanDuel. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options including spreads, player props, over/unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. This season, LockedOn is kicking up our coverage with LockedOn College Football Kickoff Live each Friday. LockedOn goes live at 11 a.m. Eastern on every LockedOn College YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live covers playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and goes in-depth like only LockedOn can. This includes insight and analysis from our stable of LockedOn College hosts, covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday from 11 a.m. on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. Now, tomorrow on Locked On Wolfpack will be our crossover episode with Locked On Canes, Alex Dono, who is also on College Football Kickoff Live every Friday with Kenton, will join us. That will be a great show. Looking forward to our matchup this Saturday with Miami. Certainly will not want to miss that one. Now, Diving back into NC State basketball here, talking about the backcourt. Kenton, what are your early expectations for the backcourt getting into this exhibition match tonight? Yeah, so the backcourt, I'm looking to see who is going to be the facilitator. Who is going to be the player that kind of stirs the drink offensively? Jarkel Joyner took on that role primarily last year. And um, also, this is kind of a front court and backcourt thing. 
but who just looks like they can fill it up the best, right? Like that's that's just, you know, I want to see who looks like they have a good control of the offense, is taking good shots and is knocking them down, obviously, at a high clip. Now, we all know this is an exhibition. This is one game, and one game doesn't determine, you know, uh, the, the trajectory of what guys are, are not, and can and cannot be. But just from a logistical or from a strategic standpoint in terms of seeing, oh, okay, even if this guy isn't making the shots, he's the guy that's going to be taking them is is what I want to see there. And also, I want to see some high-level competing. I want to see, you know, I'm convinced. I've convinced myself, and maybe I'm wrong here. I hope I'm not. But maybe we'll see a lot of Jaden Taylor and Casey Morsell going back and forth about who's got the number one guy on night to night to night in terms of the backcourt. And I want to see that. I want to see that type of intensity that says, I want the number one guy, and I'm going to show you how I play. No, I want the number one guy, and I'm going to show you how I play. Anything you can do, I can do better. That type of deal is what I want to see there. And I want to see uh, the other guys kind of come along behind that with with matching that intensity. But I, I want to see that chaos created. I want to see what Keith's system looks like now that, I mean, to be quite honest, he has the full complement of pieces that, that you always talk about with Keats in terms of he needs a lot of depth. He needs some shooters. He needs some guards who are willing to play up in your face defense and all that. So let's see. it. You got it. Let's see. It. On paper, I do think that this could be Kevin Keats's best team here in Raleigh. I think in terms of the defensive talent, the, the ability to spread out the scoring, the length, the motors on some of these guys, the experience as well, this truly could end up being one of his better teams. Of course, this is all going to have to play out on the court instead of on paper. You talk about having a floor general in Michael O'Connell. Really haven't had one of those since maybe like Lorenzo Brown. I know Markel Johnson at times, but we really had to rely on him being able to score, and that's not exactly O'Connell's forte. So O'Connell's main functions are going to be distribution and defense. Maybe uh, maybe like Tyler Lewis, going all the way back to Tyler Lewis. Hey, that, little T-Lou talk. Guard. Love to hear me a little T-Lou talk. Yeah, that's love right. So that's, that's more or less what I'm expecting from Michael O'Connell, being able to distribute at a high level and play defense at a high level. And then, of course, any offensive production he can give you is almost a little bit of an added bonus. Now, I certainly yeah. expect him to hit the open shots and be able to create for himself on some level, but being able to facilitate to a DJ Burns or a Casey Morcell in the corner or a Jaden Taylor slashing through the key, that's exactly what this type of offense needs because they haven't exactly had a true facilitator in quite some time. And then, you know, touching on Casey Morcell and Jaden Taylor, and I want to throw DJ Horn here in the mix as well. I think DJ Horn is going to be like the guy for perimeter scoring, him and Casey Morcell mm-hmm. uh, more than likely. DJ Horn is not exactly much of a slasher type guy. I believe most of the offensive production he will give you is like long twos or threes, more of a perimeter shooter type threat. And we know how Keats is. He likes his guards that can shoot it. I think DJ Horn fits that mold very well. And then, of course, you still have a Casey Morsell coming off a career best year. We hope to hit that and then some. And then you got Jaden Taylor, who I think he's going to be like your Swiss Army knife. In, in the in the backcourt. He can do a little bit of everything. He is a high-level defender. He can slash. He can get to the rim. He can shoot when needed. Get to the rim. He can cut through the lane. He can shoot, you know, around the key area. Not exactly his forte to step outside of the perimeter, but he can do that as well. I'll mention Cam Woods here with an asterisk. He's been posting some things on social media that would make you think he's confident 
about getting cleared. Of course, still no word there, so won't exactly hold our breath. Here's another question for you. Do you think that we'll see MJ Rice on Wednesday night? Because I know he more or less maybe just came back on Monday just based on what we saw from his Instagram story. Nothing concrete there, but if you're looking to ramp a guy up, and of course they still are, wouldn't an exhibition match be the perfect time to do so? Even if it's just in the yeah, second half. Yeah, 10 minutes half, or so. Yeah. yeah. If it's in the second half, the score is what it is. Get him some run. I think that makes all the sense in the world because you're looking to get a guy back to maybe where he was before he had stepped out for a bit. I think it makes all the sense in the world to see MJ Rice, even for just a couple minutes Wednesday night. They say that there's nothing that gets you in shape for playing football like playing football. Exactly. And I think that that, that also applies, that old adage also applies to basketball. So, hey, let him get out there a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that you start him and you play him 35 minutes or so. No, I'm not saying that. But let him get out there a little bit. Give him 10, 15 minutes to see how he does, sprinting up and down the court and all that good stuff. I think it, it'll be good for him. My main kind of perception of this backcourt is how balanced it can be. You know, last year, you're heavily reliant on Baby T and Jarkel Joyner you don't have those type of offensive talents in this year. It will have to be more evenly distributed. Some yeah, nights it could be yeah. Casey, could be DJ Horn, could be Jaden Taylor. Know what, you know what, though, and I hate to cut you off here. I want to see some of the other guys as well. I want to see some of the other guys that we kind of, you know, that are kind of almost being thought of as afterthoughts at this point. Like an LJ like Thomas? An LJ Thomas, a Breon Pass, those guys. Are, are they ready to take the next step? Because – Breon Pass showed flashes of being like a, a pretty good guard in the ACC. LJ Thomas showed flashes that he could be an all ACC type of performer. And so what are they ready to take the next step in terms of like, hey, the transfers coming in are good, but are these guys ready to take a step to say, I've been here. I know the system in and out. I've got the ability to do it. It's my time to do it. Let's do it. You know what I mean? I, I think that that's something also to watch there. Yeah, just, just another bulletin point. Uh, for the depth of this team and also the culture of this team. I, with the amount of roster turnover that Keats has had these past couple years, there's still a lot of talent, experience, and culture that he retained on this team. And I think you'll see that bleed into some of these new guys. And so like last year, I do, I do subscribe to the idea that if a team, they're dudes, they hang out together, they enjoy each other's company. Those are the type of teams that play better. And I think this will be another one of those teams this year guys that genuinely understand each other and how to get the maximum potential out of each other on the court i think you'll see another one of those teams this year and that's exciting because we are a lot deeper than even last year was i'm ready to see the red and white no more secret scrimmages time to scrimmage in front of the world that's right so let's see i'm so anxiously excited to actually see them in action i'm tired of trying to look at tape from these guys last year wherever else they played i want to see them in the red and white I want to see them in PNC. I want to see the ball movement. I want to see the transition defense, the transition offense, who can shoot, who can stop. I'm ready for it all. This is such a good time of the year because you still have essentially the meat of the football schedule. We're going to talk about Miami football here in just a second, but you you start to get the ball rolling with basketball too. So you have so much to be excited about. Your attention is all over the place. It's just a great time of the year for NC State Athletic. Looking forward to seeing the guys Wednesday evening. Up next, we'll be talking a quick preview about the Miami Hurricanes as they do come into town on Saturday. Giving a general preview before we talk to Alex Dono on Thursday. Again, don't miss our crossover episode on Thursday. It'll be great to have Dono on with us. But first, quick word from our sponsors. 
Our second sponsor of the day is eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience, that's what brings home the winning trophy. But it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers to roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. That's because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Rounding out our Wednesday episode, jumping back over to the gridiron, we do have the Miami Hurricanes joining us in Raleigh this Saturday. The stakes are now raised even higher for this game after NC State picked off Clemson. Miami enters with a 6-2 record. Ultimately, they should be 7-1 if they just simply took a knee against Georgia Tech. But what are the biggest takeaways you have from seeing bits and pieces of Miami so far this year? Their defense is fast. They're, uh, to quote, I believe his name was Bishop from uh, Friday Night Lights. They're fast. They're big. They're strong. And they're fast. That's that's a that's a team that at all three levels, they have players that fly around. They got draft picks on all three levels. And, you know, you worried about this team in terms of all, some of the guys they had transferring out who went on to become impact players elsewhere, right? You look at Al Blaze Jr., who was – uh, Miami Royalty over at Duke now doing great things for them. And yet and still, they haven't missed a beat. Cam Kenches is one of the best uh, safeties in the nation. Their defensive line has missed two starters all year, or not for all year, but at multiple points during this year, and they've still found a way to produce. I will say this. The offense is running the ball fairly well, but if I ever find a woman who looks at me like Tyler Van Dyke looks at Restrepo, there will be wedding bells. It'll be a ring on this finger if I ever find – a woman who looks at me the way TVD looks at Restrepo, just with so much longing, so much love, so much safety in your arms type of look every time he drops back to throw the ball. Um, you know, I'll be all right. Unfortunately, the Canes won't be, which is why um, TVD has thrown more interceptions in conference play than he has touchdowns, which I believe we can go ahead and exploit. But I'll save that for you. That's a little appetizer. I want to get a whole entree. We got endless shrimp on the way. So let's come on by for this crossover tomorrow. Yeah, certainly we'll get a lot out of Dono tomorrow on the crossover episode. But yeah, my my initial reactions for Miami coming into this season is I was a bit skeptical with all of the roster turnover they had. I wasn't quite sure if they could put it all together this year. And, you know, just outside of a couple stretches, I guess the Georgia Tech finished because they, they did win that game until they lost that game. Uh, and then their other loss was in Chapel Hill where they just simply got outgunned a bit. Miami, I think, is ahead of schedule, and that that could be potentially a problem for the ACC in years to come. But Tyler Van Dyke, he's been spinning it, I'd say more so in out-of-conference than in-conference. He has struggled a little bit as of, as of late, so that's something that NC State will be looking to exploit. But offensively as a whole, Miami has pretty good receivers. You mentioned Restrepo. Their run game has been pretty evident as well. I believe their offense is like a top 25 offense in the country, but I believe their defense could be, I think they're around the same level or maybe even better than mm. that. And so 
I, I sort of look at this game as like a Clemson part two. I think a lot of the things Miami will try to do is sort of similar to what we saw with Clemson. And so NC State, it will be imperative as it has been all year, but especially against Clemson and now against Miami, you have got to find a way to win that turnover battle. And of course, NC State did a great job with the turnover margin in that they didn't turn the ball over at all and you forced Klubnik into two picks. You're going to have to do a lot more of that this Saturday with Tyler Van Dyke. You've got to find a way to force mistakes and then find a way to capitalize on them subsequently after that. And NC State was able to beat Clemson with just basically two explosive plays and then the defense took over from that. You're going to need a little bit more than that if you're going to beat Miami because their defense, like you mentioned, Kenton, they are fast. They are physical and they will hit you quick, fast, and in a hurry. And so you talk about KC still leading this team. You talk about MJ Morris continuing to progress. You talk about the offensive line, making a couple adjustments. I thought they looked okay against Clemson. They got the job done when it was all said and done, but you're going to have to take it a little bit higher. You're going to take it up a notch higher if you want to have the same type of success against Miami. Yeah, no, I thought percent agree. I mean, I, I don't think that there's any question about that. I think that this is a team that you need to be locked in to to beat. And you would hope that Florida State's boogeyman effect comes into play a little bit as that is the next team on Miami's schedule. You'd hope that they overlook us a little bit. You know, you just kind of sneak in and, you know, make this thing a quick one, two, three. Oh, no, what happened? Did we lose that game? Oh, well, time to get on the Florida State type of deal here yeah sometimes i'm not exactly sure if i subscribe to the fact of like overlooking someone because you're looking at somebody else but be certainly interested to hear alex dono's thoughts on the matter tomorrow in the crossover episode again alex dono locked on canes we have a crossover episode will be a great episode alex dono is one of the best analysts that locked on has i know kenton you enjoy his company on locked on college football kickoff live and so definitely going to want to stick around and check us out tomorrow on thursday Absolutely. Absolutely. Dono's my guy. It's always a good time to have him. Always a good time to, to talk shop with him. So we're going to talk some shop and, and we're, some predictions may surprise you coming up here shortly. That will do it for us here on Wednesday. Again, NC State men's basketball has their exhibition tonight at 7 p.m. If you're able, I highly recommend you go because you will be able to draw some pretty significant conclusions despite the competition. But As always, we're super thankful for all of the support. Be sure to drop a like, drop a comment in the comment box, mash that subscribe button as now we're on our climb to 900 after passing the 800 mark. Greatly appreciate all the support. means a lot to us. Thank you so much. We will see you all tomorrow. Until then, go Pack. Go Pack.